Thank you for checking out this resource from Grace Chapel. If you're interested in finding more resources or you'd like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by going to gconline.org forward slash watch. I'm grateful for uh, people who are gifted with music and singing because that gene has skipped me. And I love to declare the, the worship to our great God. And so thank you, worship team, for continually leading us week in, week out. Um, I'm excited to be here in this moment right now. And why is that? Uh, we have been prayerful as a pastoral team, as an elder team, for two years for this moment. We have been walking towards this as a community um, a, f- a family, a church family, and we are stepping into a new series uh, called Community, Life as God Intended. If you've been with us the past couple weeks, we've been uh, pressing into this idea of we don't want to be a church that does community groups, we want to be a church of community groups where we know each other and are known by one another. And so we are investing into these community groups, investing into kids, and two weeks ago, Uh, Barry and the elder team also came before us and said, this is the way we're going to shepherd in the the days, weeks, months, and years ahead our people to be, be shepherding one another. And it's, it, was a hum, it was a beautiful display of God, God's working in our church family for elders to lay down their hands for the benefit of the body and to serve where God best has them serve. And so we are stepping into a new season, which I'm excited for. And we, uh, this will be a six-week series where we talk about our core values. When we say community, what in the world do we mean? And these next six weeks, we'll tease out what are the things that we as a church family and what uh, these things as individuals, but what are these things as community groups we're aiming after to look like and represent? And so this week, I'll be kicking off the series with the first core value of devote personally. And many of us do this inherently. Many of us devote ourselves to many things in life inherently. Some of us like to work out, so we devote ourselves to health or eating well. Some of us devote ourselves to our jobs and we want to grow in our careers. Some of us devote ourselves to our families. All these things are great things. And the first time I noticed myself devoting myself to something, it was this. It was, it was the age of nine. I remember the first thing I really remember devoting myself to. It wasn't girls. It wasn't popularity. It was sports cards. Baseball cards was my first devotion. And in the summer of uh, 96, I feel like that's a, that's a love song or something like that. Summer of 96. Anyways, uh, the summer of 96, I remember it. Because I had one thing and one thing in mind. It was to get this Derek Jeter baseball card, rookie card right here. I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan now, praise the Lord. But I, um, people turned me off after that. That's great. But this was the card my summer revolved around getting. I couldn't afford it at the time. It was around $75 to buy, and I didn't have that. But you would find me every Friday that... Five to ten dollars I had. My mom would bring me up to Camillus Mall in Camillus, and obviously, rest in peace, it no longer exists. But I would be at that card store every Friday, and I would look for this card, I would see what I could trade for this card, and I never could get it. But my buddy Eric had it, and so I needed to have it from Eric. 
And so something else came on the scene in 96. If you know it, you'll know it when I say it. From Japan came over Pokemon cards. This cra crave of uh, craziness of Pokemon cards came on the scene. And my friends, they loved the game. They loved playing it. I was like, what is the point of it? But all I know is they used to buy hundreds of dollars of packs of cards to get these cards and play the game. And me, I was like, well, let me just buy a few packs and just see what I could trade for it. And so I, I, I bought five packs. And in those five packs, I got two of the rarest cards you could get in the game in those five packs. And my buddies were buying these, spending hundreds of dollars on these cards. So I was like, here we go. The negotiation's gonna start. My buddy Eric has the card I want and I'm willing to go all in. So he traded me my Derek Jeter rookie card that I wanted for all of the cards, the two rarest cards I had. And so I was in cloud nine and I was excited to finally have this card. And 25, 25 years later, this card's worth around $1,000. That's worth around $1,000. And yeah, I, I agree, whoa, it's, it's a good price. If you only knew what these Pokemon cards I traded away were worth. As of last month, those two cards that I traded away were sold for $425,000. I still think I made out ahead, but I will live in self-denial my whole life. But the reality is, I got my card. I went all in. I was excited about it. And I devoted myself to getting it, and I did. And the reason why I share that funny example is just an example of how we posture ourselves when we devote ourselves to something. And we as a culture devote ourselves to many things. If you want to understand where culture is, look at what they Google. And so in 2020, 2021's information is not out yet, but 2020, what, were you, what do you think the main things people were Googling? So there's a few things there, right? First, number one in 2020 was the election. The election was number one people Googled the most because we are devoted to our political parties, devoted to our agendas, being in office and presidents. And so people were devoted to pursuing these things. Number two was coronavirus. Our, our health, we're devoted to our positions and where we stand with regards to vaccine mandates, social distance. We all are across the aisle with that, but we're devoted to those things. Our hearts gravitate and continue on towards those things. Number three, Kobe Bryant was the third most Googled uh, thing in 2020. It's because he tragically passed away in a helicopter accident, but he stirred the hearts because he performed well in sports and he was great at what he did. Number four, most of us went online via Zoom. That was the number four, four most searched thing in culture. Technology, it changed the way we work in 2020. So Zoom was number four. And last was Chadwick Boseman. If you know anything about Marvel movies, he was the Black Panther. It was an amazing, uh, beautiful movie. And he was a great human being, but he passed away tragically in 2020. But these are the things we crave entertainment. We're devoted towards watching our movies. These are the things culture at large was devoted to. And inside, a little bit more home, what were we devoted to as church, as, as churches, as Christians? Well, if you look in 2020, version, a popular Bible app, said the two most popular subjects that Christians looked up in 2020 were topics based on fear and justice. 
Makes sense, right? After we walk through what we walk through, people were living in this posture of fear, even within the Christian realm, and they were trying to understand, how do I overcome fear, and how, what does the Bible say about fear and justice with everything that was happening in society? They were devoting themselves to understanding, how do we biblically process what is justice, and what is biblical justice? So those are the things that culture at large, the church community at large, was devoted to in 2020. And so today, what I want to talk about is the idea that there's nothing wrong with being devoted to these things. The issue that comes into being as individuals and that can infect our community is if we have a wrong priority of devotions. So if we're not devoted personally to Jesus Christ, our devotions that we give ourselves over to will ultimately fray our own hearts that will infect our communities to go away from the reason why we gather, the reason why we share faith. And so today I wanna to talk to you about that, about how we need to devote personally to Jesus and that if we do that right, it will build to making healthy communities, healthy church families. And so let's talk about that today. What does it look like? What's our posture regarding right devotion? What's our pursuit? How do we do it? And then lastly, how do we practice it in a practical level? So if you'll turn with me, it'll be right behind me. Acts 2, 42 through 47. As we were, as a pastoral team and as an elder team, we were thinking through, when we say community, what are we meaning? What are we aiming at? What are we seeing? Our first line, our first go-to is scripture. We believe all scriptures God breathed, and I'll talk about that later. But the idea is, that is our first look at, to see how did God's people gather? How did they do community and life together. And that's where we stumbled on, not stumbled, knew of Acts 2, 42 through 47. And I'll read it, and you can read, uh, read with me behind. It says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles' And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When we looked at what community groups was gonna be here at the Grace Chapel, that's where we went. We don't worship the experience that this early church had. We looked at the spirit that was at work in the church and that is what we wanna worship and emulate and look at. And so that's where we got this idea of the first three words in this section is, and they devoted, they pursued, they continued steadfastly, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And this word, the word devotion, it needs to be first and foremost because they were just coming out of this period where Jesus had ascended, the Holy Spirit had come on the scene, and it radically transformed their lives. And so we must look at making sure that we're devoted personally with the right devotion, primary, in order for us to continue well in our community groups, in our church family. 
And so let me, t- let me share a little bit about that. We see within the Gospels, Jesus gets men and women together. He walks and he gathers men and women from all different areas of society, all different uh, social uh, statuses of society, and puts them all in together and says, run with me for three and a half plus years. Learn from me, walk with me, understand how I'm devoting myself to my father, and, and then what happens along the way? They're really like us in all ways, shape, and form, right? So what happens often, what they walk through certain accounts where they're fighting, the disciples are fighting about who is the greatest, because they're, they're looking to be, in, their devotion is influence. Their devotion is, is a seat of prominence alongside Jesus, but Jesus says, hey, I'm not, I'm not here to institute your promotion or your devotion to growing up in society. My devotion is to my Father, and you must serve, be a servant of all. He flips the script in their devotion. What happens after that? The Pharisees, the ones who are the self-righteous in society, the rule followers, he, Jesus comes on the scene, and he heals on the Sabbath, something that the, the Pharisees didn't want to happen. What what does he say there? No, it's, it's not the, the, the righteous that need a doctor. It's the sick. He's flipping the script on what their devotion is towards. Their devotion was to rule flying, not to an actual savior. The Jewish people at large wanted to get out of the oppression of the Roman Empire. They thought that the Messiah had come to free them because they were devoted to be out under the oppression. Although a good thing, it was the wrong primary devotion. And lastly, the Roman Empire saw their, their, their people, the Jewish people that they had under their control, start to, start to be a part of this movement, and they wanted to quash it. And so they thought by killing Jesus, they'd end, end his reign. No, that just created a whole new kingdom that lasted far longer than the Roman Empire. But it's because Jesus wasn't after getting their lower devotions. He was after showing them he is the right and primary devotion of our hearts. That when you understand the kingdom of heaven and when you understand that with your own heart, you will get those things rightly ordered in your life. But it requires a realignment. John 15, 5 speaks to this same point. It has this idea that it'll be right behind me about Many of us have read it before. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides, whoever continues in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. If anything does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You see, what Jesus was saying there, if you aren't deeply intertwined with, my, with me, if you aren't intimately running with Jesus, you can do literally what? Nothing. Have any of us been in that same position, had that same posture when our devotions become out of whack? We're just tired. We're deeply depressed or anxious about certain things. I know I have been there recently. These past three years have been a blessing for me to serve on staff. They have been a beautiful blessing, but it's been 
a beating in, in ministry these past couple years. I love serving you, but it's been, it's been an interesting journey to understand how do I do well because I love so deeply and I wanna see our church family grow in new and deep ways, not just come and consume, but be producers alongside Jesus. I found my heart and I found myself getting so tired and overstressed. It's because I was placing it in the wrong devotion. It wasn't a wrong thing. It was a wrong primary devotion. So when I got to um, vacation at the end of August with some friends, I was tapped out. <laughs> Again, I love you guys to death, but you're the wrong primary devotion to be primarily devoted to. But the thing is, the devotion wasn't wrong. It was just wrong placement. And when I went into vacation, I just found myself there and I just, I was on the beach and my wife I, she probably remembers this. I was like, I just need to go back to the house. Everyone was out on the beach. And I just need to go and be alone with God. I just felt him prompting my heart. And so I just started writing what, what I believe he was sharing with me. And I had a verse that I was chewing on and some goals that I want to set for myself because I know that I want to do what God has placed me here to do for the long term. And I don't want to be overtaxed, overburdened to get in a place where I'm unhealthy or doing things in a, in a way where it's, I'm only operating out of the fullness that I have in serving you well. So if I'm tapped out, I'm not gonna serve you well. And I saw, my, I saw my heart and I really needed to repent of a lot of things that were going on in my heart because my posture with devoting to Jesus was wrongly placed. And so for the past six, seven weeks, I have been undoing a lot of these things, focusing on my health, focusing on spending time with Jesus daily. And I'll tell you, there's been, free, there's been a freedom in me I haven't experienced in a long time. And I only can accredit that to getting those, having the spirit work in me in a way that those things are rightly postured and rightly aligned. And maybe you find yourself in a similar circumstance yourself. Are you spent? Are you in a position and where you're overstressed or maybe things are going great for you, praise God. But are you finding yourself getting angry at certain things more easily than other things? That might be where your primary devotion is, if that's one of the things. And I want you to think on that. I want you to say, hey God, where is my heart right now? And is it primarily rooted and devoted to you or is it primarily rooted and devoted in my job, in my marriage, the outcome of a health um, issue? Is the, where is your devotion primarily? Because if the posture is wrong, the way we live and pursue devotion is gonna be wrong right from the start. And we will not be healthy as individuals and communities if the posture starts wrong. So again, devoting personally requires a right primary posture with Jesus being that devotion. So how do we pursue right devotion? How do we pursue Christ in a way that honors him? Well, Matthew 13, 44 gives us a glimpse of radical devotion. This is the parable that Jesus is speaking to his disciples and his followers. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. This is a picture of radical devotion, the way we are needed to pursue Jesus in the day to day. 
And what does it say here? The kingdom of heaven. That means God's rule and reign, not only on earth, but in our lives. Does he have our heart's primary devotion or does, he, or does some other things have our heart's devotion? And it says it's like a, a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and covered up. The people of this time would understand this parable because they would understand that this is, this is not just the owner of a field or random um, instance that happened, but this would be someone who has walked this field, who has known this field, who had walked their life working this field and just randomly came upon this treasure. And then he went and hid it, which is, this is not ethics. This is not an ethics class. So he, he did, let's not focus on that. But the idea is he hid it. And what did he do? Then in his what? His joy he goes and sells everything, all that he has, and buys that field. Today is our pursuit of Jesus and joy, church. Do we look forward to getting up in the morning or when you find time to actually spend with Jesus, or is it a burden? Because I think in our culture, and even in our church culture, we have pushed this discipline aside because we have many other devotions that take up our time. If you want to see how much time you're devoted to your phone, look at your screen time. Tell me, that scared me when I looked at mine. Three and a half hours a day of my time is spent looking at my phone. That could be surfing the internet, looking at uh, work emails. It could be something. There's a lot of time I'm devoted to things on my phone. But how much time do I actually spend with Jesus in the day to day? And do I pursue it in a way where I'm like, I need to set this aside. I need to do this in joy because this is, if this, if, if my pursuit of him is wrong, if it's not there, then am I actually living as God intended me to live? And I can tell you, if you're overtaxed, if you're overstressed, if you're overburdened, I'd say, look at your, the way you're pursuing these devotions in your life. And what are you saying? What are you carrying? Are we carrying our job more so than we are our relationship with God? Are we carrying our marriage and putting so much emphasis into that that we're forgetting our first love? Or are we looking too much on social media and all these things, not, not bad things, don't get me wrong, but when improperly aligned, they can become God things and God doesn't want us to worship that. He wants us to worship him. And our pursuit is to be like this man who just did it in joy, who sold the farm like I did my Pokemon cards. I could care less. And I got my Jer Derek Jeter card and I'm still happy to this day. I swear, I'm gonna convince myself I am. I am. Maybe not. Anyways, but the reality is I did it in joy. And is that the same with our relationship with God? So, the first posture, how do we devote personally? Well, it requires the right primary devotion. Are we devoted to Jesus first and primary so we can handle all the other things? Number two, are we pursuing it with joy? Are we selling the farm saying, I am willing to let go of all these other devotions, all these things I'm, I'm stepping into because I choose to, to choose the right and proper devotion? And how do we practice this as individuals well, there's two primary ways we practice this. One, are we devoted personally to the Spirit's transformation in our lives? Are we devoted personally to the Spirit's transformation in our lives? There's three 
of us in this room today, three groupings of us. One, the people who know Jesus, who love him, who are deeply passionate about him, spending time daily in his word, abiding with him in an ongoing basis, pursuing him in joy. There's another grouping of us that, hey, we made a commitment to follow him. We attend service faithfully. We serve in certain ways, but we really haven't invested into knowing him. Church is more something we do because it's just what we do. But we don't know him. We don't see him at work in our lives, transforming the communities around us through us. And some of us just have been sipping on the milk of what Jesus is and, and knowing him instead of eating the, the delicacies of his glory that we can, we can know and understand and he's freely provided for us. Some of us have lived there for years. And there's the third grouping of us who has no idea about who Jesus is. But I believe you're here for a reason today. And we believe that our, our stuff our devotions, our job, our money, our things, our marriage, our people. We think those things will satisfy him. Here to tell you today, it never will. The only satisfaction, the only rest, the only uh, fullness we can receive in, is knowing Jesus. And from there, we can understand how to hold all these things he's allowed us to steward. And the same message to be deeply, uh, deeply devoted personally to the Spirit's work in our lives is the same for all three. Jesus speaks it in Mark 1, 15. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So if you are walking with Jesus today and you are walking with him, but you're still walking through things because we all do, it never stops. I wanna say to you today, repent and believe the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that what you're walking through, the misorderedness of your uh, devotions, if, it, if you repent and believe in turn, I can guarantee you will find more fullness, more enjoyment, more fulfillment in Jesus today because of what he has done already. Same thing goes with the second grouping, those who have just skimmed the service, haven't dusted off their Bible in God knows how long. Repent and believe. The good news is that if you are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. So you can turn and say, today I'm gonna devote personally more than I did yesterday. The beauty of Jesus is he has cleaned the slate clean of our accounts and God views him when he sees us. And if you have just lived at making a decision and arriving on Sunday morning and never deeply diving into his word, the beautiful thing is you can repent and believe today and start anew. You don't have to, you don't have to wait and keep waiting. Tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow. No, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day you can choose to make that posture change and make that pursuit in joy. And the same message goes to those who are unbelievers today. The gospel is this that God created us with a purpose and a plan and a specific design and we went and jacked it up. We chose in the garden to go our own way because we thought we were better gods than God and how has that left us? Everything's great now, right? No, everything is not great. Everything, if you see and you look at it, there's, there's beautiful glimpses of his grace, but there's brokenness around us in our world and governments that can't meet it and people can't satisfy us in full. We were never meant to be this way but God has given us over to these things. But the beautiful thing is the gospel says at just the right time in God's love, he gave us his son. 
He gave us the son Jesus to rectify what we had broken, to bring us back into relationship with him. So we no longer have to walk in these lower D devotions. We can walk in fullness of life today. And we can live out the kingdom of heaven in the here and now. It's not just for eternity. We can live it out in the here and now. And are we devoting ourselves to that? And if you aren't, I'm gonna say the same message, repent and believe. Because I can guarantee you, God is not out to rob you. He is out to bring you deep abiding life that can turn these lower devotions into things handled rightly that you can live out the fullness of how he created you to live. And so how do we be devoted personally to the spirit's transformation in our lives? We make a decision every day to repent and believe in the gospel. And lastly, it's this. We are devoted personally to the word saturation in our lives. Devoted personally to the word saturation in our lives. We as a church family want to disciple you and equip you to know God's word. This thing is not to just be on a shelf and say, yeah, we believe it, but we never actually understand what it means. We don't just leave it on a shelf and say, yeah, you know, I'll get, to it. I'll get around to it tomorrow. No, are we allowing the word, the God-inspired word from 2 Timothy, with, it's God-breathed, it's God's revelation of himself. Are we actually devoting ourselves daily to what it says? Are we getting it in front of it and say, Lord, speak to me through your word. This is your revelation of who you are. Help me to know it. Or are we treating it as something that's just like a recommendation? Meh, that's, that, that's a good book because many of us are. But today, here's the idea. God's given us his word for us to know him. And yes, there's rules and boundaries and loving boundaries to give us life and not just give us it in part, but in full. And today, God wants you to invest your time to making a daily pattern of spending time with him. Because if you aren't, I'm asking, what are you holding on to that's more important? Are you allowing the word to not only just read it in practice, but sift your heart? Or are we just leaving it as, 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 as a mere add-on, Jesus as an add-on to our life instead of letting his word saturate our hearts and penetrate in new ways that he wants to transform our lives? Psalm 1 says this, blessed, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, who stands in the way of sinners, who doesn't uh, sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on a day and night, he meditates. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season. In all that they do, he does, he prospered. Can that be said about us today? Are we posturing ourselves with Jesus as our right primary Devotion? Are we pursuing him in joy as deeply devoted disciples? And are we practicing his transformation by submitting to his spirit and letting the word saturate our lives? Because if we aren't and we don't build ourselves rightly on this devoting personally, our communities, our community group, our church family is gonna have very little depth and we won't know the true risen Savior. But if we do, if we devote ourselves personally, if we repent and believe and actually take time to invest into our relationship with God, I can guarantee you, you're gonna see miracles happen. You're gonna see people repent and believe in the good news of the gospel, people brought from death to life. 
if our primary devotion is right, we can handle all the blessings he does give us in the here and now. And we can continue to be like these trees growing in their season, yielding fruit. In closing, I wanna give us this picture as a community of faith, as community groups. Richard Vladis, he's a pastor of a church down in Queens, New York. He brings this picture of the contemplative life, the deeply formed life, the one who is devoted personally to Jesus. He gives this picture of a redwood forest. I never went there, I just Googled it. You can Google it, see what it looks like. They're 400 feet, tree, these trees that are 400 feet tall. And there's thousands of them in this forest. And they're so big, you'd think their roots are extremely deep. They're only five to six feet deep. But the reason why they're strong is yes, they're five to six feet deep individually, they all have that, but they go up to a hundred feet wide and they connect with the other trees and they are sustained by the other trees in the community and, and the forest in which they live. And it's the same thing with us, church. If we are a community of faith that devotes personally day by day to walk and abide and devote to Jesus primarily, what's gonna happen? Our communities will be stronger. And that's why we're pointing our community group leaders to say, hey, how are you walking with Jesus today? To everyone that's in their group. Let's, not, let's get away from the fear of asking that question, how other people are walking with Jesus, because it's a good thing that we're spurring one another on to love and good deeds, to know Jesus in truer and deeper ways. And we wanna point you to some resources. We just don't wanna leave you uh, stranded. If you go to gconline.org community, there's a community resources button we're starting to build out. There's certain resources you can have to get started. One is we point you forward to the Bible Project, a great resource to understand the, the, the narrative of scripture and how to understand how it was written, its, its framework. And version is a great app. I prefer the actual written word because I get so many notifications that if I don't actually spend time with the book, then I'm gonna be, my devotion's gonna go towards the stock market or something else in that moment. But the reality is there's also another resource called Dwell. It's, it's, it's the, someone reads the Bible to you and you just listen. And there's great resources for kids as well. And our Grace Chapel app, you can hear past sermons and content based on the word of God that I encourage you to always listen to. But today, church, are we gonna be a, a community of faith in the year, months and years ahead that are like the redwood forest that grow 400 feet tall where we, people, people see us, not for seeing us, but for seeing Jesus in us and, and people wanna be attracted to that, but it's because we're deeply devoted to Jesus Christ. I'm believing for that future. I know our, our elder team and leadership team is, and we believe you're a part of that future and writing that narrative with us. So let us be a people deeply devoted to Jesus in the days, weeks, and months, and years ahead. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for pursuing us. We thank you for not leaving us abandoned. And we're no longer slaves for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are free and we can be devoted to you personally in ways we couldn't before. Jesus, thank you for living perfectly, showing us that you're ushering in a new kingdom where signs and wonders are being done in ways of bringing dead people to life and 
people out of addiction and depression and anxiety. And in all these things, you're making people new, people devoted to you, deeply tethered to you and your spirit's work. Lord, make us a community of these redwood trees that grow so high and so deep and so wide with one another that people can't help but see that it's you at work and not us that people say, what is it that's different? And we will point to the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ. Lord, for our young people walking through faith, let them discipline themselves today to spend time with you so tomorrow they can win well. Those who are walking with you diligently daily, God, we pray that they repent and believe to know you in truer and deeper ways. Same thing that for us that walk through shallowness in a relationship with you, help us to turn back towards you and say, Jesus, I want all of you and not just part. And Jesus, those who are outside of faith today, I pray that you show them the goodness of your son, that in their own toil, they don't find anything satisfying, but in knowing you and turning to you and receiving your goodness, they can find true life and true meaning in knowing you, God. Lord, we pray for our future and our community groups that will be lights in the darkness pursuing you with everything. And God, we love you and we cherish you and we ask all of these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.